Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Good morning. Wow. It's lovely to come and visit a church that you've been involved in from the beginning. And every time you come back, you see new faces, you see growth, you see, you see things happening. And um, I must be quite honest with you, God is really good um, to Stellenbosch Church and um, to Henny and Salome and everything he's doing here. We just give him praise. We give him thanks for what he's doing. I, I, I didn't want to stop worshiping this morning. I, I just wanted to stay in worship. Um, the presence of God was so tangible. Without putting any attention on myself or on the week that we've had in the presence of God with this conference, um, phew, it's difficult. My, my experience is that when you go into a conference like that and you get saturated with the word um, for an entire week, it's like, after a while it's like, have you ever tried to fill a bag that's already full and then you shake it and you, you know, I think the Bible has a version, it says a, a measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. Well, that's the way I feel right now. But what's difficult about that for a pastor is that when you sit down to preach or to get a message, I had a message all lined up prior the week, asked Henny to get communion and maybe we'll touch on a portion of it. It just doesn't fit anymore according to what God is doing. And after a while, it's, very, it's a very nerve-wracking experience, but after a while you kind of get used to it, but I don't think you ever will, is that you actually have to put all your books away. You have to put all your sermons away. And you have to literally come here without anything prepared because nothing works. Nothing, nothing's gelling, nothing's working. And, and you don't know what to preach. I can preach a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. It's all over the place. You're filled. It's like Kai Fox. It's like crackers going off. It's like, so you don't really know what to do. And, and, and then you come to a morning like this and you start experiencing the Spirit of God. You, you, it's like, it's almost automatic. The Spirit of God starts to move. And, and you're hearing you're hearing word and you're feeling atmospheres and there's an awesomeness in the atmosphere this morning. So this morning I'm just going to speak out of my heart. I'm just going to let the Spirit flow a as He will and as He wants. Um, and, and I'm going to trust Him that there's, there's going to be a direction to it all. First of all, presence. Presence. Let's, 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 let's do a scripture. Let's do a scripture. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 for a moment. We're going to come back to prophetic now now. Um, 
And some of what I'm trying to say this morning is, I'm even battling to find the words to put it all together. So I'm going to start like this. I'm going to pray now. Remind me, I'm going to pray now. Okay. But I'm going to start like this. Sometimes we're waiting for a thing we already have. Sometimes we're preaching, singing, praying from a position of still to get when we already have. Okay? So the presence we talk about that we long for, I understand. But you already have it. Okay. So, bear with me. I'm, I'm, there's so much going on right now, and I'm not making excuses. I've, I'm trying very hard. Okay. Peter comes. Peter and Jesus are together. It's not Peter comes to Jesus. They're together. And Jesus says to them, Who do you, who do the people say that I am? I think it's Matthew 16. All right. And they answer him correctly. And, and I can speak about that for a long time this morning, but I, I don't want to get waylaid because there's, there's like 10 messages in each message. All right. So they are correct when they say, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, others say you're one of the prophets or that prophet or whatever. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. okay, hang on a minute. Let me bring it down. Let me break it down. Let me make it more personal. Who do you say? Say, who do you say? You see, I can listen to everybody's opinion, but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, who do you say that I am? All right, so I want you two to help me, all right, so that I don't lose something. Just say to me, Say to me, there's a time when what we have as the body of Christ, the sons, the revelation, is going to be in our lives exactly the same as if there were a hundred thousand people in a conference and God was pouring out His Spirit. It's going to be exactly the same as when we walk on the street individually. All right, so we'll get back to that right now. So he turns around and he says, who do you say that I am? He said, you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. He says to him, listen, Simon bar Jonah. Simon bar meaning son of Jonah. Meaning he is an, a, a mature son. He has already had his bar mitzvah. Simon bar mitzvah Jonah. In other words, he's older than 12 and he has received the same rights in his father's business and estate. He is now a son. Simon, son of Jonah, earthly, flesh and blood, 
earthly realization has not revealed this to you. But my Father, Jesus has also got a Father, my Father which is in heaven. So it's not a horizontal revelation, it's a vertical revelation of what you've now just got, you got from the heavenly Father. My Father has revealed this to you. Are you with me? He says, and I'm changing your name from Simon to Peter or Petros or Little Rock. Say a chip of the... So from now on, the revelation of who you are, Peter, Rock, in the Rock of Ages... He says, upon this revelation, who you are in me and me in you, I will build my church. Okay? You, oh, you've all heard sermons on this. And the gates, oh, come on, you've got to say this. And the gates of hell. Come on, I think you need to shout at the gates of hell. Don't be scared to say it, the gates of hell will not prevail against this relationship. God is building His church. He's definite and He's directional and He's intentional about the building of His church. Who is you? And He says, when you understand who you are in me and me in you, in any generation, at any time, the gates of hell will not prevail against you if you understand your identity. If you know who you are, and you know who Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Okay, now we get to the interesting part. And I give to you the... Can't get him out of my pocket. Okay, these are the keys to the car. You can't have it because it's not my car. It's a couple of... <laughs> Never mind. Lent me this, this week which I needed very badly, but anyway. Because my wife and I were operating in one car, and then they went overseas and said, you can use our brand new van for this week. And I went, Lord, you answered the prayer with, even without me even praying. <laughs> and I give you the keys to the kingdom. Say the kingdom. kingdom. Say the authority, the legal right, the, 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 the ability to operate kingdom-wise has been given. You say, David, you sure? I am 100% sure because when Jesus rises from the dead, he says, All authority has been given unto me. Go ye therefore. If I have all, if I have 100 apples and I give all the apples to Henny, how much apples have I? Come on, you've been to school. If I have a hundred apples and I give all the apples to Henny, how many apples have I? Nothing. The devil is a liar. Jesus received back after going to the cross and through the resurrection, defeating the enemy. In Revelation, he says to John, fear not. He puts his hand on him. He says, I was dead and I'm alive. I've been to hell, death and the grave, I've gone, and I have the keys. 
Now he turns around and he says, whatever you, now translations differ, listen. Whatever you bind on earth, come on, is, is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. But if you go and look at the different places this is mentioned, and you check it out, he said, I'm going to just give it to you. You cannot bind what is not bound. You cannot loose what is not loosed in heaven. So when you're praying in authority, you have to find, is it already taken care of in heaven? Then you pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you pray that kind of prayer, not to manipulate people, not to get your own selfish desire. It's got to be something that God is doing. If you understand God has done it, then you say, I loose that in the earth and it's loosed. I bind that in the earth, and then you just say, in Jesus, the authoritative name. Okay? Are you with me? So, we've been given authority. We've been given. We don't have to still go and fetch it is done. It is finished. Jesus cried from the cross. It is done. So the finished work of the cross is the authoritative position of you and me in the earth. Are you ready for this this morning? Are you sure? You want it? So, now you don't have to remind me. I take it off of you. I've got it. When Jesus steps off the boat in the Gadarenes, it says there was a man who was naked walking amongst the tombstones, and he was there day and night cutting himself, and, and he was so badly, they said he had a legion, and the only place that or he actually tells Jesus when Jesus asked him, he said, who are you and what is your name? He says, my name is Legion. He doesn't ask names of any other demons. He just chases them out. Why does he want to ask this one, I think, for our reference? That it doesn't matter if you've got one, ten, twenty thousand, or a million demons. When you're operating in the understanding that the fullness of Jesus dwells on the inside of you, you can speak to a million demons. They have no power when it comes to the name of Jesus. He steps onto the... Oh, Come on, let's be imagined. Have you got imagination? You've been to Hollywood? You, you've watched a movie or two? Imagine I'm making a movie of Jesus coming to drive demons out of the, the... He puts his foot off the boat onto the beach. And as his feet crunch into the sand, Jesus In the atmosphere, in the area of the Gadarenes, there's an arrival and that guy suddenly arrested by the arrival of the power of the Son of God 
and he goes, and he goes down the road looking for this arrival. And though all the demons on the inside of him, don't go there, he goes because he's wanting to meet with Jesus, goes all the way there, and you know the story. Mm, I nearly missed something. Say keys. So you come to my house to visit, especially Ukrainian people. Must come and visit. We have bridefles. You know bridefles. We must have bridefles. I need to talk to Cossacks in Torsas. No, <laughs> they've got a joke later. I need to talk to you guys. Oh, I just want to find out. I don't know. It feels like I'm overseas today just preaching to the two of you. It's so good. So good to have you here. <laughs> So they come and visit, any comes of whoever, and you're staying at my house. But we're going to all be coming and going to the conference, so I give you keys, and I give you keys, and I say to you, come and go as you please. Your house is my house, my house is your house. Whenever you need to come in or go out, you have the keys. Huh? 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 Now I get home and you are standing outside the gate. Dave, Dave, will you open for me, please? In the name of Dave, whose house this is, open for me, please. There's something wrong. What have you got in your pocket? You have keys. Why are you asking for entrance? into my house when you have keys. You don't need to ask. In that sense, you enter because you have keys. Come on, church. You have the keys of the kingdom. Enter in as a child of the house. Come in. Go out. Use your keys. Are you with me? So, this morning, I feel the church is stepping into, and now here's the proof when the Spirit says something to you. I haven't spoken to Salome. She hasn't spoken to me. She gets up onto the platform, and she says, let's worship. But before we worship this morning, let us put the old season behind us. Hmm? I'm standing in the bench with the same thought. Lord, this is a new season. It's a season of power and authority. It's a season of a fresh anointing. It's a season to walk in everything that God has provided for you. But guess what? If you don't realize it, if you do not, do, do not recognize it, the power of recognition in your own life Prince Harry, 
Prince William. Get up in the morning, he comes to the bedroom, the bathroom, he's shaving, and he looks at himself. Does he tell himself in the mirror every morning, you're a prince? You're a prince. Remember, you're a prince. Does he do that? Because he knows he's a prince. Okay, so it's not a really good example. But imagine the fact that he's been missing for a while. And he comes back into the house for the first time in years. And he gets up in the morning and steps into his private suite bathroom. Looks at the gilded gold mirror and sees his reflection. And the butler walks in and says, good morning, your highness. And suddenly he loses his amnesia and realizes who he really is. In that moment of realization and recognition, the prince kicks in. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting him to get everything, and I see she's translating. So give her a moment. Imagine the realization, the recognition that God is saying to you this morning, this is a new season. You've heard it your entire life. You've been in church for years and you know it. But it hasn't really ever kicked in. And then you step into a morning like this morning and the anointing is in a place of realization and you say, I just got it. I just got it. I'm a child of of God. And yes, you may have had similar experiences, but as you progress in your walk with God, you are going to have seasons and times and days that you qualify. It's like going to school and you go to primary school. And you get to grade, standard five, what? Grade seven. And you've got, you've finished with primary school. And then you start again. And you start going to grade eight. And you go through all till grade 12. And you matriculate. And you now a matriculant. And you qualify. And then you go to university, you study to be a doctor, and you study for seven years, and you come out, and they call you Dr. Dave. And you qualify. And then you go to another place. In your spiritual life, you do have such seasons. When realization kicks in, and you say, I've been there, I've done that, I've got that t-shirt, I know it. But yet God brings me to a new realization of who I am. So look at somebody near you say, I am in a brand new season. 
Say it again. Say, I am in a brand new season. I know this is not part of my sermon, but let me, let me say this to you right now. Let me say this to you right now. If you are experiencing a bad time in your life, is it in this material world? Hmm? You're still here, aren't you? So it's still here. And although maybe it's an emotional thing, it can still be seen to a certain extent. 1 Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians 2, I think it's that one, or it says, for this temporal season, this, this time is but for a moment. If it is in this realm, it is for a moment. But it's giving way to an ever-exceeding weight of glory. For the things that are seen are temporal. Look at your watch. Say temporal. Seasonal. The things in the natural are temporal. But the things of the Spirit are eternal. So God is working an extra special weight of glory in you as you qualify. But when you get to that place... And I don't understand that timing, guys. I don't understand why it takes 17 years for Joseph to get to the place. And finally, they call him out of the prison. And Joseph steps forth as the second in command to the most powerful man in the world at that time, Pharaoh. And he carries Pharaoh's ring. He's actually more effective and more powerful than Pharaoh himself. The promotion came, almost sounds like South Africa, from, <laughs> from prison to prince. But there was a day. Say, there was a day. Say it again. There was a day. I cannot tell you why it takes that time. I cannot tell you how long it's going to take. I cannot tell you when. But as sure as God made apple trees, when you step into the season, you will know that the one is past. I, I don't, don't ask me. I don't know how. I don't know when. But there's a realization that says, It's off. It's over. I'm free. Do you hear what I said? I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from that sickness and disease. I'm free from that depression. I'm free from that, 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 that generational thing. I'm free. There's a realization that you know that you know in your knower. Suddenly God shows up and says something to you and you go, whoo. And I haven't got the scriptural one for you right now, but I guarantee you I can find them in the Word. If we spend enough time together, I'm going to go, there's one, there's one, there's one. When people step from the unseen into the seen, from obscurity into absolute knowingness that people all knew them. It's like David being there behind the sheep, anointed in his family's house. Nobody knew about that anointing thing. He goes back to the sheep and he's there. 
and he's only got enough light. Thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. When they walked in those days, they didn't have torches. But they had a little lamp that they attached to their foot. So that when they, they only had enough light for another step. It was an anchor lamp. And they only had enough light for another step. So they didn't stand on a scorpion or a snake. When they were walking in the darkness without a moon, they could have enough light. God says, my word is like that. I have enough light for one step at a time. Thy word is lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. One step at a time, one step at a time. And as I progress with that word, I get to know, I get to my destination, I get to the path. And David is anointed on a mountaintop in his own home. They didn't even call him to the covenant meal. Samuel goes, this must be the one, because he looks just like Saul. He's a head and shoulders man. David's brothers were huge, because when Samuel looked at them, they resembled the same resemblance as Saul. Saul was a head and shoulders man. He looked like Quibus Visa in the crowd. He looked like Ibn Etzebeth in the crowd. He stuck out, and they said, that's a king. And they appointed a man according to the flesh. But the new king is not appointed that way. He's still a boy of 15. 12, 15. He's not even invited to the covenant meal. Dysfunctional family. He's left outside. Samuel lifts the horn. And it's a supernatural thing. The horn is like sealed. He lifts the horn to anoint. If the horn doesn't start giving the oil, he knows God. He's like, this is not happening. He goes through eight boys. And none of them fit the picture. Maar as a young lad, there's a young, out of timing. David's dad and mom didn't plan. No, I don't, I don't say that. I'm, 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 I'm making something up. I don't know why he was left out of the picture, but he's there behind the sheep. Samuel says, we do not sit down for this meal until he's here. Oh, let's pick up the cell phone and phone David. Let him come with his four by four. We're going to have covenant meal. The, set, the prophet wants to say, hi, 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 icon. They had to send a messenger into the field to find David on which mountain, at which hill. Is he singing on his harp over there? And he's a lala land boy. Ah, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Sheepy, come here. Ah. He's having his own worship services somewhere. He's like a poet and an artist. He's like, you know those arty people? He's somewhere. He's got no connection. The prophet says, go and fetch him. And we're not... Do you remember that the prophet wanted to know from God? He said, how do I get to anoint someone in, David, in, in, uh, in Jesse's house without Saul finding out? I'm giving you a clue now to be naughty, but I, I hope you're not going to use it. God says to Samuel, he says, you tell Saul you're going to have a covenant meal. He just didn't tell him what's going to happen at the meal. God knew what was going to happen at the meal. Samuel knew what was going to happen at the meal. But he just left that very important piece out when he told Saul where he's going. So he didn't lie. Okay, that's just, just a little bit of unnecessary information. He just left a very important piece out. 
So he goes and he anoints David. That's a high point in David's life. But David goes back to the sheep the next day. Are you with me? He walks amongst the sheep the next day. And in that time, he goes down through this misty valley of time. He would never have left that mountaintop if he knew there was a lion waiting for him. And there was a bear waiting for him. But he goes into the experience of a lion and a bear. And God is using that period of lions and bears to prepare him for a giant. Qualification. 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 And then he gets to the place where he sees that giant. And when he sees that giant, he says, I know that I know that I know in my Noah you're going down. I'm going to kill you. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, meaning without covenant, that challenges the armies of God? Where do you get to that place? You get to a day of knowing. Who determines that day? God determines. He keeps you. He keeps you. By the Spirit, He keeps you. He keeps you. He keeps you going down the road. He keeps you. Some days you feel useless. Some days you feel failure. Some days you feel you're not going to make it. But He keeps you. And then morning like this morning in the anointing, suddenly in the anointing, God says, new season. And although you don't know it exactly, you know it exactly. Amen? And so every single person of you today in this place are not here because you are regulars, are not here because in the season of time, God put you here this morning. Here for a reason. God wants to speak into your relationship. God wants to speak into ministry. God wants to. And all of you are here in the season that God is saying, from today on with authority, with the keys. It's going to be like you standing on the platform in one sense of a conference of 100,000 and you the speaker. But actually, it's just you singular, and somebody you met on the pavement outside pick and pay, but you having the same volume of experience. At that moment, there's lightning and thunder and when somebody... Because it's no longer the church... And the music, yes, we're still going to have it. We're still going to worship. We're still going to come together. But the powerful thing that's happening right now in this season is the glory of the Lord is filling the earth as the waters cover the sea. And we have to go out there individually every day looking for the one. Just the one. You don't have to look, and, and if you don't get the one that they don't, like that one guy, they find him at one o'clock in the morning. He said, I promise God, by laws and works, I will lead one to the Lord every single day. I can't go to bed yet because I haven't found the one. No, that's not the kind of relationship God wants with you. Just in the relaxation of God will send the one that I have to find today, God will send that one. And with expectancy, in Switzerland, 
in the grocery store. God is going to send someone today, maybe tomorrow, that I can speak to. And just talking to them, say, why are you so happy? Okay. So, three scriptures and a prayer. <laughs> and some prophecy. Because I'm going to get lost in this thing. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 4. I'm just going to give you what, what I got while worship was on and then lay hands on a few people. Okay, 2 Corinthians 3 says in verse 18, and all of us, say all of us, Second Corinthians 3 verse 18, and all of us, say includes me, all right, and all of us, I'm reading in the Amplified, as with unveiled face. Okay? So it says that Moses went up onto the mountain, 2 Corinthians 3, and when he came down, he had to wear a veil. Because he didn't want the people to see that the glory that he had by being in God's presence say in his presence, reflective, what Moses was looking at came on his face. So he said, but it's fading because it's law. So I'll wear a veil. Because I don't want them to know that it's fading. He said, but when the, when the law is read, there's still a veil upon people's hearts. But where the Spirit is Lord, the veil is taken away. Say, I'm a spiritful person, so the veil is taken away. Now my face is unveiled. So I can look into the mirror of Jesus' word and see who I really am. Okay? And we with unveiled face, because we continue to behold, in brackets, in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord that's the glory of Jesus, are constantly, say constantly, being transfigured, transformed, changed. Say, I'm constantly being changed. While I'm looking, I'm changing. The more I look, if you only get this portion of the message, you got something. The more I look, the more I look at Jesus, the more I change. I'm, I'm constantly being changed, transfigured, metamorphosized into His very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit or where the Spirit is Lord. So when I say yes, Lord, to the Spirit... Transformation through the word takes place. You should have been shouting. Therefore, say wherever I see therefore, there is a wherefore. 
So out of the chapter 3, we go into chapter 4. Therefore, so you have to go back to 3 to see the therefore, which I did with you now. Since we do hold and engage in this ministry, this changing ministry by the mercy of God, not by our own goodness, okay, we do not get discouraged, spiritless and despondent with fear, or become faint with weariness and exhaustion, okay, because we are looking, we don't faint, all right? Then, then he said, we have renounced those things. You can go and read that. Verse 3, but even if our gospel, the glad tidings, also be hidden, obscured, covered with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God. So there's a gospel that can sometimes be preached that's covered. He said, it is only hidden to those who are perishing and obscured, only those who are spiritually dying and veiled, only those who are lost. Say the lost. Are veiled. But we need the Spirit so that we can even preach to the lost. All right? For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, be preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel. Say the gospel, the good news, is like a light, that, like a torch. In load shedding, it illuminates <laughs> the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and the likeness of God. Oh, I wish I could preach every word now. For, that we, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus. I'm not preaching Dave, I'm preaching Jesus. Christ as the Lord and ourselves merely as your servant slave for Jesus' sake. Now. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. When did he say that? In creation. Has said the same thing in us when we came to know the Lord. Has shone in our hearts. So as to beam forth the light. Say the light. For the illumination. Say enlightenment. Of the knowledge. Of the majesty. Of the glory of God. As it manifests in the person revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. So as I listen to the gospel, this year is explaining verse 18. As I read God's love for me, there is a light illuminating my life out of darkness. I'm coming out of the dark and I'm being transformed by the good news. Verse 7 is what I'm just reading. Awesome word. But verse 7, however, we possess, say we possess. I think one of the other translations says we have. That is past, present. We have it. Present, continuous tense. We possess, we have. This Not we are going to get church. Thank you very much. We already have. I've got goosebumps on my goosebumps. This precious treasure, this divine light gospel in the frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. Where's Marna? Who's, who's Craig? Visa? Who's what do they call that thing in English? An earthen vessel. 
with cracks in it. Say me. Earthen vessel from clay. Breathed into by God life. Adam was clay. God breathed his life into him. That vessel already contains shout glory. Wherever you go, the glory of the Lord is shining through the cracks. You already, you don't have to get it. Say presence is in me. Say glory is in me. Yes, I say let it increase. I sing and I worship for more of it. But if I come to the realization in a day of expectancy, I suddenly turn the corner and I say, you know what? I'm not looking for keys. I've got keys. I'm not looking for presence. I have presence. I'm not looking for success. I've got it. There's an expectation and a realization that come together in a moment. And I say, I've got glory. I've got presence. I've got glory. I've got presence. And so when I walk into a building, into an airport, into an office, into the governmental, when I walk in, who's walking in? See, devil cannot turn, turn around and say to you, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but you, who are you? No, because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He knows you very well. I was going to teach on the spirit of the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> I didn't get there. <laughs> I, wanted to I wanted to teach on that, but I, I can't teach on that now. All I want to tell you is that the same Holy Spirit that is in you. Okay, I'll give it to you in very short. How many Old Testament prophets can you name by name your favorites? Who's your favorite Old Testament prophet? Elijah. Elijah. Thank you. I love Elijah. Who's your favorite Old Testament prophet? Samuel. Awesome man of God. Who's your favorite? Elisha. So we have Elijah, Elisha, and Samuel, and Daniel. We know them all, the women and the men that had prophetic. You can name them all. Okay, quickly. Name for me um, the ones in the New Testament. Achabas. Yeah, he, he came to Paul. I think he was the guy that prophesied over Paul, you will go to Jerusalem bound. And I think there were some that told them there was a drought coming. We don't even know their names. The, New, the Old Testament prophets we know because the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were, a, they were a flavor of Jesus in the Spirit pre-cross. So in the form of Elisha, the Spirit of God pre-cross rested on Elisha and we saw an Elisha type ministry. Then the Spirit of God comes down on another one and we see Daniel and we speak the Spirit of God. Then comes Samuel. Then comes Isaiah. Then comes Elijah. We see the different versions of them. But when Christ comes, 
He becomes the spirit of prophecy. He becomes the apostolic spirit. He becomes the prophetic spirit. He becomes the evangelistic spirit. He becomes all of what we require. So these, sorry, I'm going to break your chorus. You can fix it. You can just write other words. These are not the days of Elijah. These are not the days of Elisha. These are not the days of Ezekiel and the dry bones. These are the days of Jesus. Inside all of you. Can I make you shout this morning? Can you, do you want to shout? Who wants to shout? All the Old Testament prophets. Of all the Old Testament prophets, the greatest one of all of them is John. All of the Old Testament prophets, born of a woman, the greatest one is John. But the smallest one of these... The littlest one of these are greater than John. The spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. My God is raised from the dead. And he lives in me. Now all of the gifts operate by the same spirit in you. Not so that you can say, Shit, me. I'm bigger than Elijah. I'm bigger than Elijah. I've got the spirit of Jesus. No, 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 no. To the glory of God, that which is in my earthen vessel that brings him glory is the power of the spirit. He said, and now we have a greater prophetic word yet still in Peter's where I wanted to start reading. He said, there is a day star arising in your heart. All the Old Testament prophets said, they're looking for a day. And they said, who is the Spirit of God speaking when he wrote these things? He said, the Spirit of God is not speaking about them, but of you. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is time for you to arise and shine, for your light has come. It's time for you to step into airport buildings. It's time for you to go overseas. It's time. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.